Are you ready to take your writing to the next level? Then welcome to the Book Editor Show. Join Clark Chamberlain and Peter Turley each week as they teach you all the tips, tools, and techniques you need to move your book from manuscript to market. Visit thebookeditorshow.com for show notes, links to guests, books, and extras to make your old novel better than ever. Now, please welcome Clark Chamberlain and Peter Turley. Welcome to episode number 27 of the Book Editor Show. Uh, today, we're going to be talking all about the beta readers and using them in the editing process. We need to edit out all the, brat, all the bad grammar in a book through the simple process of osmosis. He's my co-host, Peter Turley. Peter, how are you doing today? I'm awesome. <laughs> I really like that one. I, I always sort of running up to the first five minutes of a show. I sort of like sit there for a minute. I think, I wonder, I wonder if today's the day he's not done one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do them every, you know, like it's what I do. Like I, last night, you know, I, I just stayed up all night was trying to put that one together. <laughs> Cause I'll just like throw a diva drop and just sort of like storm off if, uh, if you don't. <laughs> That's right. I, I I have to do it. You know, it's it's a process now. So <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a condition of like me me being on the show. You know, didn't uh, I know no one really knew that, but yeah, it's I have to have like a specific criteria, and that's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Completely wild and random introduction every single time, but it has to be different. A different introduction every time. Yeah, don't be reusing them. <laughs> oh no, no. I like sometimes I'm like, oh, that one sounds a little bit like what we've already done. I can't do that. <laughs> so uh, today, I'm I'm really excited about actually doing this show. This is uh, um, this is one of those parts, you know, that some people can overlook entirely um, with their editing process, you know, and the beta readers and or or you know, because they don't know how to even get a hold of them, or when they do, they really don't know how to how to make it useful information. You know? um, so I'm excited to be able to share this because I know for myself, this has been a big help in my writing, you know, in, in making the story the best it possibly can be. Yeah, I think, um, and then that's great. Like you sort of start from like right at the beginning, they're like where to find them, you know, because <laughs> you know? that's, that's, that's probably the first question everyone has, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I don't even know who to, who to ask. Yeah, it's like a, a secret society with like its own handshake. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. So today we're going to give you the handshake and the the signs and numbers so you can get in. <laughs> so, so I mean, I know you. Do you use the same sort of one for different? You know, have you got like go to the go to group or? I've got go-to people for, for different genres. Like there's, because um, that's something you know we want to talk about is that you know you're not going to use the same people for the same genres or for different genres because they might not even like it. You know, they're not even used to reading. Like if you're doing a sci-fi, they're like you know they don't even understand sci-fi. And so because if just because they know books or read a lot, if they're not reading what it is style that you're writing the feedback you're going to get is going to be not as productive. Uh, so, but I do have a couple that I, you know, that seem to always get my stuff. Cause I just want to have their opinion on it. <laughs> See what they think. <laughs> yeah. So. It's kind of like the ideal reader. Oh yeah, exactly. You know? So, so I got my, I got my list that I go to and then, but then I also open it up, you know, I, I try to find, so with the middle grade you know, I was trying to find more actual 10 to 12 year old boys who I'm targeting the book towards to read it and see what they thought. So, 
As long as you're not like hanging around outside schools. <laughs> it's not weird. I mean, I, you know, it was cold. I just put a trench coat on. I hang outside the school. And, hey, kid. Put, put adverts up in the local paper. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ten-year-old boys wanted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you want to read a book? <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, so let's talk about, uh, let's, let's just jump right in, you know, and talk about where to start finding people. Um, cause you know, your immediate thing is, is, uh, if you, if, especially if this is one of your earlier writings, you know, and you're maybe a little bit, uh, a little bit nervous about even sharing it, you know, with complete strangers and, and people that you don't know. Um, so, You might um, go one of the first family to get some really positive feedback <laughs> for most friends and family because uh, they uh, they usually you know are like wow you know I didn't know you could write this good and this is amazing but a lot of that might not be what it is that you're after so because it might be a little bit more of they don't want to hurt your feelings and so or they're just you know they're just not sure exactly how to really tell you the feedback that you need. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've got to, I think it's good to consider that um, the beta readers that, you know, they might be coming at it with an agenda, like, as you say, especially friends and family, they might, they're already going to be a little predisposed to, to liking it, they're, they're ready to like it. You've already kind of, they're like, they're a warm beta reader, really, aren't they? Yeah. You've, <laughs> you've already got past the hard sell, you know, they want to read it. <laughs> Right, because they want to read something that you've done, and and um, you know, and and if it's even if it's really good, I, it's harder to get that completely honest, one hundred percent feedback from them. Um, and that's one of the things you need to be clear up front about what it is that you're after. You know, that um, hey, like one thing that I always do is like, don't don't mention anything about grammar. I don't care about the grammar stuff because the line edit's going to be the absolutely positively last thing that I do. You know, so don't worry about that. Just tell me what you thought about the story, you know, and the characters. (laughs) People love to sort of uh, pick up grammatical errors, don't they? (laughs) Oh, they do. Well, you did that wrong. You did this. I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Look, I'm a writer. I'm not a word processor. You know, I I don't. (laughs) That's not my job. (laughs) I'm taking that one. (laughs) That can be T-shirt number two. (laughs) Yeah, it will be. Bring back the crocodile, and I am a writer, not a word processor. <laughs> Great. So, so another question, which you know, I've got, I think other people might have, and you're in the best place to answer. Do you pay them? You know, do do you target sort of like freelance beta readers? You know, at the out there, and or you know, is it better to to find a kind of like give and take community? I really think the give and take communities are some of the best ones to go to. Um, my, my biggest fear with paying a beta reader and, uh, is the fact that they're going to be working by the piece, right? You know, they want to get as much done as possible. So are they really spending the quality amount of time on your work that, uh, that needs to be spent there? And, um, let me just mention a few of these other communities that are out there. And I know you've got a couple as well. Um, so you can find people on write on, which is, uh, which is Amazon's version of Wattpad. Uh, you can find them on Wattpad. 
uh, go to goodreads.com and just type in their groups. You can look for beta readers there and you can break them down by specifics, by genres. Um, reach out to local writing groups like uh, through your NaNoWriMo. They've got a whole list of, of all over the world, you know, of groups that form up and that write. And then, of course, you know, friends and family. But um, so those are groups, you know, that aren't going to charge you uh, to, to read your work. But they're going to require, you know, that you do, uh, that you help them out as well. And I think that's where the incentive comes in. Yeah. So we're not talking like, you know, mow the lawn or, you know, bring, <laughs> bring them alcohol. <laughs> Which that never hurts. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know, another one that um, sort of I've used uh, is Scribophile. Um, and that, that's that's really good, and that works on a kind of give and take basis. So you know you might, but the the thing with that is it's it's it lends itself towards the chapter. So you know, kind of putting a chapter on, and then because in order for you to have a critique of your own work, you have to critique other people's work, and it's kind of like a point system. Um, and you know that that can be time consuming, and obviously you know to 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 put things on bit by bit. You know you. You really want someone to be sitting down and criticizing this piece as like a whole, a whole piece, really. Um, not to say that it doesn't hurt to have like individual chapters. You know, if you if you write something like maybe a prologue and you think, mm, not too sure whether to include it or if it serves its purpose, it's great for stuff like that. Um, and I'm sure there is, you know, on the forums you could find beta readers, but the actual paid service probably lends itself towards like individual chapters. Yeah, and. Um, if you listen to, uh, the shows, the last three, the last shows that we did, um, with Robert Hawkwood's work, and we mentioned it several times, you know, that it's difficult to give, um, complete feedback when you haven't read the entire piece. And so if you are putting out a chapter at a time, that's a very narrow feedback that they'll receive, um, that might not. It doesn't take into account maybe that the next chapter explains something and you wanted to um, you wanted to add in this mystery to it at first, but then someone's complaining, oh, I don't understand what's going on. So, It's like that friend you take to the movies and they're always like, what's happening? You're like, I'm here too, seeing it for the first time. I have no idea. Just watch. I'm sure it'll be explained. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm that guy. <laughs> I knew it. When I ever get to it. <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> yeah, and um, also with some sites like that, you have to be have to watch out because I know with like Scribophile, you get you get more points the more you write in the critique. So obviously mm -hmm. they they are really, you know, they really push the the grammatical corrections. You know, because obviously they they want to write a lot. They want to get as many points back for the critique as they can. So. Um, yeah, it's it's good for stuff like that. You know, if you think you've got a problem with like flow or like sentences, yeah, that that's great. But obviously, we're talking about like whether it's working on a on a bigger scale, really, aren't we? Right. Yeah. Exactly. We're talking about looking at the whole the work as a whole. Um, I was going to pull this up and share. Um, let me find one here real quick. Apologize. And then I'm actually going to have to take just a quick break here in about two minutes. I've got my son getting picked up and I got to just make sure he gets off. Okay. Um, 
cuts in. So what I wanted to show you here is this is something that I did uh, for my beta readers when I sent out my book. Um, and let me do a screen share here. Share this and zoom it in. Okay, I'm gonna leave this here just for one minute and I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, I apologize, apologize. And uh, for those that are watching this live, uh, you're the ones who really, I'm sorry about, because uh, this will all be fixed when it's <laughs> on the actual uh, podcast, but that will just be cut. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it wasn't, you know, I could, I would have sung a song or something, you know. Oh, I, well, why weren't you? That would have been awesome, you know. <laughs> looking over my notes for the next show <laughs> uh, exactly so okay so this is what i did and um, this is to give you an idea so i sent this out to all the beta readers and the first i just uh um, i just wrote up a little introduction here you know uh thanking them for their willingness to read it and being very clear on what it is you know it's a middle grade book ken cudson uh working title was middle child and then um you know talking about the importance of the beta reading process and get a fresh set of eyes, just kind of laying out what it was and, and just thanking them because, you know, this is something that they're going to invest some time into your work and you want to make sure that you, they know that it's appreciated. And then I, I uh, told them at the end of each chapter, it'd be a short form if they could fill out because you want to be very specific about what it is that you're looking for. And so let me show you what I did here. At the end of each chapter, I dropped in this little basic standard uh, questionnaire. And so end chapter, chapter questions, you know, what were your thoughts of this chapter? Um, what emotion, if any, did you feel? What do you think of the characters in this chapter? Did you need to reread any part? Um, did the end of the chapter make you want to turn and read the next chapter? And were there any other thoughts? So there was um, a few things here that I wanted to be very specific about getting their attention on, you know, and, and one of these was rereading any part of the chapter because I don't want any confusion in the book at all. And um, so if you're not clear on what it is that you're wanting um, from your beta read, you could end up then giving you all kinds of feedback that you don't want. Like we were talking about with the, uh, with the grammar, you know, if that's not something you want anyone to point out, you need to put the ground rules out and be clear about it up front. Um, so that you're actually getting the feedback that you need. Yeah, I really like the question on um, on emotion as well. You know, like what what emotion, if any, did you feel? Um, probably gives you sort of like a nice overview of how it progresses throughout the chapters. You know, kind of like the the emotional roller coaster, so to speak. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because because uh, I want to know that. You know, because this was one of the books. I've spent the last couple of years studying emotion and, and how it relates to reading. I've done that entire course on it, you know, and I'm using all those methods, you know, that, uh, that I've been teaching <laughs> in this book, you know, and, and trying to make sure that I'm doing it right. And, uh, certainly with my son, who's uh, 13 years old, um, I was able to see a lot more emotion because there was things that connected more directly with him than it did with some of the people who were in their thirties or forties that read it. So, that's really interesting, kind of like a like data gathering. <laughs> that sort of takes me on to a question about demographics. Um, so, what do you think is better, kind of in terms of your, a pool of beta readers? Do you think it's better to have like a mixed demographic, so like you know all different types of different backgrounds, you know, male, female, different ages, or do you think it's better to have like a group that's 
your target demographic. So the people that are going to be reading your book and have them reflected in, in your beta readers, you know, like, do you think it's a waste of time to say, I know we said readers of other genres, so maybe we don't want them in the demographic. What do you think about that? Well, yeah, I would immediately um, eliminate, eliminate people that, uh, that don't want to read that style, uh, that genre to begin with, because you're going to get some, you're going to get some really poor feedback from that group. Um, and I guess, you know, you kind of, what's the number that you really want? You know, I'm, I'm happy between five and 10 people reading it. I don't want to have more than that. Um, cause that's a lot of notes to go back through and read and <laughs> <laughs> making more work for yourself. Yeah. It's making more work for me, but I don't want to have two because two, I'm not going to get a consensus on anything. Um, and so, so with the, I, cause I had eight on this last one, I think is what the total that I had return stuff. Um, I had uh, three of them were my target. Were absolutely positively my target. You know, they were in that ten to twelve year old boy range, and so that's so I definitely wanted to have them in there and wanted them to have to be a large part. I wish there would have been more because I think that would have even been better. But on the same side, I wanted to have a couple of people who really understand um, the idea and construction of story. Um, Let's see. There was one other one here that I, what I was looking for. Um, let's see. You know, and yeah, you know that they that I could. Oh, one other big part. You know, is it was people that I could trust. Um, trust their feedback. You know that I that I actually believe they would give me honest, one hundred percent feedback. So, I think that you could. I think having a mix is good. Um, if you. You know, because you want to know that it's going to work with the with the targeted audience, but then you want to know if it's going to also connect other people in. So I mean, you, let's take a look at Harry Potter. You know, it definitely connects really well with that target younger audience, but how she wrote it in ways it connected with uh, audiences across a lot of different genres and um, age groups. Yeah, that's um. I know some people kind of say um, there's like a, a rule of three, isn't there? You know, with like if you get any feedback to sort of, you know, if one person says it, you know, listen, but don't, you know, make note of it. If two people say it, pay attention. And then if three people say it, then change it. You know, what's, what's your approach to that? I mean, I think that's like a pretty good idea. You know, you don't want to just sort of make every change that like a beta reader suggests. Oh yeah. I mean, if, and I know that, um, you listeners out there, I'm sure a lot of you have been in a writer's workshop, you know, at least one time in your life where you've actually shared around a piece with 20 people. And this is what I'm talking about. You know, you get this large group and all of a sudden, you know, you've got so much feedback. You've got so many different <laughs> opinions <laughs> that really you're like, where do I start? And so, yes, you start looking at where the consensus is. If I've got more than three people that have mentioned the same thing over and over, which I did with my, uh, with my kind of villain type, not the villain, but he's like the monster in the story, this, uh, this, um, energy darkness type monster that's in there. And people, uh, almost every single person is like, I just wish I understood more what this monster was and what it could do. And so that was one of the big things that I had to go back through and actually change and actually had to put in an entire another chapter to help explain that and make it make more sense yeah and then you wouldn't have had that insight you know you without that outside perspective right that's this is why it's so important with with beta readers because 
if I had just gone ahead and uh, done what I thought was the best thing to do, and I thought that the story made sense, and then I, you know, publish it, and all of a sudden people are like, "Ah, oh, it's okay." It, it just doesn't have the exact, <laughs> you know, that one little thing. I think made a huge difference, and because of this chapter, I think it's one of uh, the best chapters in the whole book, you know, cause I was able to really connect it and I was already writing the second book. And so I was able to add stuff to it, which could foreshadow into the second book and it just made it stronger. Yeah. So strong. That's, um, it's a really good point about the, the looking for the consensus and trying to sort of like sift through like, you know, all the, all the different things. Cause a friend said to me recently, we were having like a conversation about, uh, like working in teams. Um, and he said, I don't, I don't know where the original quote came from, but it's something like, um, a camel is a horse designed by a committee. <laughs> and it's kind of like, you know, if they've got a, a few different people trying to like pull something in different directions, then, you know, you, you're going to end up with something that's not really what you were going for anyway. So, you know, yeah. I think yeah, weeding through that and looking for, you know, the, the general idea of what's being said and not sort of reacting to every little thing and, you know, you get a horse instead of a camel. <laughs> and um, along with exactly what you're saying, you know, is are you confident in the story? Because if you're not confident in the story that you've created, and then when you start getting feedback, like, well, it's <laughs> feedback like Peter and I were doing with the brocodile. You know, <laughs> we really think he ought to be alive. You know, if you if you <laughs> if you're not confident in what it was you wrote, and then you start getting people telling you, "Oh, this you should change it to do this," or "You should add in this stuff," or "Put this over here," all of a sudden, maybe it's no longer your story, and maybe you're getting swayed by opinion that uh, that isn't really the best way to go. Cause at the end of it, after all this beta reading, after you've read all the notes and you get all this, you still have to decide, is it staying true to the story that you're trying to tell? That's it. I mean, you know, we're writing, we're hopefully not writing 50 shades of gray, <laughs> you know, like we're not, although it can be lucrative to appeal to a market, you know, essentially like the, the person like we're trying to impress is ourselves, isn't it? You know, we want to write the story that we want to write, and we don't want to be like pulled off trying to like please everyone because you know that's just not going to happen you know you're going to hopefully please a few people <laughs> and be yeah. and be proud of what you've done you know you and uh i think as long as we, do, we don't get caught in the trap of you know take taking it all on board and letting letting some of the the bad feedback stick you know it's it's useful and we're, you're going to get it Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes. And don't let that, uh, the negative drag you down because you're going to have bad, you're going to have bad reviews. Like when you publish, you're going to have bad reviews because not everyone's going to like your work. And, um, I had to, I had a really terrible review and, and I've mentioned that before, uh, when the, my first book loves deception came out, I, I did not have a good editor and this is why this has become so important to me in doing this show and everything. Um, didn't have a good editor and so went out with a lot of mistakes and had a terrible review based on that, which was, you know, I, I certainly had, but then they were also like uh, attacking my, myself and, and mentioning family members and stuff like that too. And so that, that took it a little wow. too far. Yeah. And, um, but the review, it really brought me down really hard for quite a, quite a few days. And, um, it was, uh, like sitting down and taking a look, you know, like, uh, at JK Rowling. And going on Amazon and looking up the Harry Potter book and looking at how many one-star reviews were there and how many people hated the book, you know, it's that there, it doesn't matter what you are. If you're Stephen King, 
one star reviews. If you're J.K. Rowling, you got one star reviews. Um, I'm trying to think of the other guy. Uh, who's the guy who uh, James Patterson? You got James Patterson. They're they're all <laughs> one star reviews. No. <laughs> um, but seriously, you know, like it just it doesn't matter where you're at and what level. Someone's not going to like your work. And I think that's one of the parts that's really important on choosing the right beta readers, not because you want to have people that are going to give you positive feedback for positive feedback sake, that you're going to find beta readers who connect well with the genre, who understand, who have an understanding of story so that they can understand what it is that you're trying to do, that they're willing to read the entire work and take it as a whole. And that they're willing to listen to your, uh, what it is that you're after so that you get exactly what you want. I think those are, you know, like some real key takeaways to make this process work well for you. Yeah, I mean, just to just to quickly jump back to the the review thing because it's uh -huh. it's a pet. It's a, it really bugs me. I mean, because I mean, how much was would you marketing the the first book for around, um, you know, a couple of few dollars or something like? Was it like what? four or five dollars or what was that? Um, yeah, the the first book, Love Deception. Uh -huh. Say, I'm sorry. You're gonna have to ask the question. Just cut out. Oh on yeah. Me. How like how much was was it sort of like up for? Like how much were you oh, selling? Oh, how much was it being sold for? Yeah. So the, the ebook was uh, two ninety nine, but it, they because um, I had a guy who was doing marketing who understood the Kindle beast at that time, and so like really boosted me up with a bunch of with some free days, and so um, you know, and ninety nine cent deals and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, it was nothing. It was like between ninety nine cent, between free and two dollars and ninety nine cents. <laughs> Cause it's like, it's, that's less than the price of like a pint of beer or something, isn't it? <laughs> and like everyone like wants the, it's like masterpiece, you know, and if it's not, or if they spot one mistake, you know, the, the straight on there and it's like, boom, one star review. And it's like, yeah. come on, you know, <laughs> like have, have some perspective, <laughs> but that's, <laughs> I can't help but think that. And, but also, you know, people are more likely to leave negative reviews, aren't they? Like they're they the are. ones that want to comment. <laughs> yeah, because they're the <laughs> ones that are upset. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but you know, like it's something that, uh, so like right now with Another Day, Another Name, which was a total rework of Love's Deception to get it, to get it right and to change the story where it needed to be changed, to bring on a, a much better editor, uh, an amazing editor, and to put out something. And that one I'm still confident with that I do have a one-star review on there, which it doesn't bother me at all. And especially because, uh, as you mentioned, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know it's your <laughs> but uh, she's like, my brother gave it to me and said I would love it and I hate it type of thing. And, and you know, it's, and I'm okay with that because her brother loved it, you know, and I, I know that not, it's not ever for everybody. So yeah. Especially the ending of Another Day, Another Name is not a traditional American ending for a book. So <laughs> if you're looking for a, 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 some tragedy in your life, read that book. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, I think there, there were some like uh, good takeaways like you touched on there. Um, and I think, you know, having that specific criteria, you know, having like, you know, your target demographic in there, but also like, having having that criteria for them to go off, you know, so that it's laser focused, you know, the, the feedback that you're getting. Yeah, exactly. Cause you know, you want to know what it is that, uh, uh or yes. Cause you want them to give you the feedback that you're after because you know, you've got certain questions, you know, and it's not just, do you think the book is good? Cause that's such a generic question, you know, uh, good. What does good even mean? You know, <laughs> but when I can ask you, 
what emotion did you feel? Um, was there any parts you had to read again? Cause it's confusing. You know, that's very specific and anyone can give that kind of feedback. Yeah. I wonder if are you going to put maybe that up in the, in the show notes or something, yeah. you know, maybe as, as a template yeah, people could use. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put that on there for sure. And that you can download that and grab it and use it. And, you know, it's just a, and if you have other questions, you know, ask or, or specific, I had a couple and I don't remember which chapters they were. I had a couple of them that I changed just briefly um, to, to ask a very specific question about that specific chapter, you know, cause there was something that I was worried about of uh, whether it made, uh, if the connection made sense. And so I wanted to make sure that they saw it. And so, and, and it's nice to have that at the end. And then at the end of the entire book, I had another one uh, and I'll put that one up as well. You know, that just said, Hey, what did you think about this? And what were your overall takeaways of that? You know, and, so that you could actually get an, an overall feedback as well. So, excellent. It's a really good, uh, really good outline for, for for people to use because you know we don't want to we don't want to waste our time and you know we don't want to waste the the beta readers' time by getting feedback that we're not gonna you know it's not gonna be actionable. Right, because that's what you want. You want to make this process, the editing process, um, as easy as possible. And uh, I should just mention, you know don't once you finish your first draft that is not the time to send it off to in my opinion that is not the time to send it off to beta readers and um, i would go through it a second time just to make sure that you've cleaned up some things in there before you send it out to make sure you can come up with those questions that you need because maybe after you've read it through once after you've finished the manuscript um that you can see the overall, and then you can write down your questions that you have, and you might notice some stuff that you want to change immediately before you send it off to them. So, and, and I guess I just mean that, you know, because I know as, as I write, I'm just writing. I don't want to just finish my day's worth of writing and then post it someplace to have someone read it, <laughs> but maybe that's just me. <laughs> so. Yeah. There's, a, there's, there's definitely a certain, I mean, cause so much is going to change as well in that, that second, uh, second edit anyway, which I was, we've touched on in a show. Um, and it, it goes back to the wasting time, doesn't it? You know, they're going to be pulling things up that you, you could spot yourself really. And right. it's, it's and a I, different I perspective we're looking for. Yeah, it is. And I don't know if I mentioned it before. So I had um, one guy who was uh, helping me out with the beta read and he, he was, he was one of the grammar guys. And so he, like, and I'm glad he sent me, some information like he sent me the first three chapters and he'd like done all this gram grammatical editing with it too and i'm glad he sent it to me with three chapters first before he did the entire book that way because <laughs> <laughs> i hadn't i had not uh, you know in my my message i hadn't done that i wasn't clear with him that hey don't worry about the grammar <laughs> you can just leave that alone so because <laughs> yes because that was going to make a lot of work for him and i would have felt terrible that he reads the final thing and he's like well where did all my work go you know, like, <laughs> I worked hours on that and the chapter's gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We, um, we owe them a little something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I am, I'm super appreciative of anyone who takes the time to read my work in the beta process. Um, cause I know it takes, it takes work and especially I know because it's going to have the grammar problems. <laughs> so... Um, that's, uh, and that's one thing that if I know it's a real grammar Nazi, I, I usually don't share it with them for a while. I want to make sure it's got something cleaned up before, cause they'll just be 
put off by the whole thing and that it probably they won't even be able to concentrate on the story. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. A, and especially if they're a writer themselves. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. So, and because it's a funny thing, like I'm terrible with commas. I just take a cup full of commas and I just sprinkle them throughout the work and you know, wherever they land, that's where they go. <laughs> and then cue evil genius laugh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so gives them something to think about. <laughs> um, uh, Peter, do you got anything else to add to the end of this one here? Uh, I've not. I think that there's some really good takeaways, and you know that that template is thing's gonna, you know, save people a lot of time, and you know, save some beta readers a lot of time as well. Absolutely. And um, just again, you know, uh, make sure you thank your beta readers, you know, uh, thank them up front, be appreciative of them and of their time. If you're trying to hit a particular deadline, like if you if you know that uh, you need to get the book out or you've got to get it to your line editor at this time, be clear on the, on the time frame and try to reach these people, you know, one month to maybe even two months in advance of that date and say, hey, look, the, this is where my timeline's at. Gives them enough time to get through the book. Um, be aware of how many words you're talking about them reading, you know, so that you really um, care about them and their time. Excellent. And, uh, you know, don't forget to feed them twice a day. And <laughs> <laughs> don't leave them locked in uh, a car in the, in the heat. Yep, exactly. Roll the window <laughs> down. <laughs> So, well, if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, a plus on Google, or a like on YouTube. And if you're an editor who'd like to be a guest on the show or an author who'd like us to edit uh, part of your work live on air, uh, stop by thebookeditorshow.com and drop us a line. I'm Clark Chamberlain, and for my co-host Peter Turley, keep writing, keep learning, and build a better book. Thank you for listening, and come back next week for more. Please visit thebookeditorshow.com for show notes, links to guests, books and extras, and for information on how to be a guest on the show.